0: love talk radio you know I had to do something for my fellas right now
1: Join us live and get in on the conversation by calling us at 347-215-8305, or you can join us in our chat room throughout the show. And today we are discussing women and what makes them tick. We have a wonderful special guest joining us today, and with no further ado, I'll give you a little background information on her so when she comes on, we can jump right into the heart of what we want to talk to her about. And we will welcome Alma the reality TV star of The Apprentice and the new author of the fabulous book titled... The Bitch Switch. Now, I know this is a family channel most of the time, so I may have overlooked the fact that we should have marked this adult. If you are under the age of 18, or actually 21, you might want to go ahead and and not listen to the show today, just in case there's a little bit of profanity or anything like that. But that's just the title of her book, and it's a great book, you guys. Omarosa Magandalt-Stalenworths was born Omarosa Ani Maganalt. It, um, she is a two time participant on a Donald Trump's television reality show, The Apprentice. She attended Rayan that's how you pronounce it right, baby. Ray. Yes, Ray Rayan High School, beautiful name. She has gone on to appear on various talk shows and over twenty other reality shows. Now that is big. Oh my God! Including VH1's fifth season of The Surreal Life, her own planned talk show failed in development due to little interest. But that's okay. She was married to Aaron Stalworth, the brother of NFL wide receiver Dante Stalworth. According to her constant her excuse me her contestant bio for The Apprentice, she claimed to be a former political appointee Clinton Gore White House. So she's well rounded. She's uh, got a political mind. She's educated. Omarosa is the only former Apprentice participant. Invited back to the Celebrity Apprentice, which is also um, the show Donald Trump is doing and we're going to have her on the show today. She's fabulous, and um, we'll welcome her. When she joins us, I'll make sure to bring her right on the show. And let's get down to business. We're talking today about women and what makes them tick. So we might jump around a little bit, and we might come back once we get her on the line because we've got to bring her to you. You know, I know her time is valuable as, as this show is only 60 minutes, and we want to make sure we get we bring Omarosa to you all. So we'll jump right in, and we took the liberty. We're going to start it off, but we took the liberty to go out and ask some women just what makes it them tick, and you'd be surprised by the answers. And I'll let my husband start reading off some of these. It's amazing, you guys.
2: Well, I, I would say I was interested, <laughs> baby, in, in what makes a woman tick, because uh-huh. obviously you have your own opinions. But uh-huh. um, number one would be getting my nails and hair done. Mm-hmm. Now, now, this was interesting to me, baby, because uh, that's something that's said a lot, but... Do you necessarily believe it?
1: I do. And, and being a woman, I can definitely tell you guys that getting your hair and nails done is a feeling of exhilaration. And I know all the women out there can identify with that. And I see the call lines is lighting up, so just jump right in on the conversation if you want to. We're right here. Let's all talk about it. And, I mean, we're going to talk about things that you may not agree with and we, we, we you know, Encourage a different opinion as well we we don't have a problem with debating, but you know any woman loves getting looking pretty looking down at her hands and her nails is done and they're polished all pretty she's got a manicure pedicure that whole thing and your hair so I can identify with this this lady's uh, comment about doing that and that's what makes her tick
2: now does does getting your nails done baby does that mean? Getting like the nails on your nails Or does that just mean like a pedicure or manicure? Um, I'm pretty type? sure
1: she's talking about whatever Women just love to look beautiful You know guys do their thing you know with the you know, the whole, you know, add hair on the top of their head if their, you know, hair is receding and all that kind of stuff. Women tend to either add tips on their nails or whatever, and in this day and age, it's accepted. It's like, it's cool. It's no big deal. Back in the day when it was first, you know, when the common people, which is regular average people and not movie stars, was able to do it, it was a big deal Matter of, oh, you got on fake hair, oh, you got on fake nails, but that's really not even an issue. You got young girls. You got models. You got black white Chinese every nationality wearing it and doing it so I definitely feel like it's a thing you know that I'm glad my husband brought that up because that's a stereotype and a stigma that needs to go away you own your body you can do what you want to do one thing I I do not encourage and that's um, plastic surgery only because of you know if you if you have ailments and issues they say sometimes having plastic surgery liposuction that kind of thing can worsen it but I don't I'm not a doctor so I don't say that they're wrong or this is right or whatever I personally wouldn't have it because I'm for one I'm fearful and scared and for two I believe in you know making do what God gave you and I feel like if I can put some nails on I have no problem doing that and making my hands look pretty if I want to do my hair I can do my hair and, and do that so I've worn short long medium length doesn't really matter but I definitely identify with women out there um, that, that talk about getting their hair and nails done makes them tick, you know. And we got another one, honey, that I think you like, and this one is having a guy that I like, this lady said this, notice me and ask me out.
2: Now, I, I this one, mm-hmm. I, I could see that being, I actually, right. I could have saw that one being number one personally because, you know, I could see that you want to look nice, you want to carry yourself in a certain way, and, you know, you want uh, that guy to notice what you've done or just you as a person and have some type of connection with him. So I could see that this one could be at the top of the list. I, I didn't know. Definitely.
1: I, I think that um definitely it's a good one. I'll move right along because I know we're going to be bringing Amorosa on soon, and I want to try to get through these really quickly. i tell you guys what. The next one is being promoted at work and having the male employees submit. Oh, my goodness. Now, that one, I'm going to tell you right now. I know all the ladies out there are like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. I personally... I don't work in the workplace, you know we have our own businesses, but you know they they you know feel like I guess that you know oh, I'm in a position now where I was having to take orders now I'm giving orders, and you know it gives them a sense of um, I'm sure empowerment of some sort, but she definitely said being promoted at work and having the male employees submit that was another one, and then I skipped over number three, so number three and mm-hmm. reaching
2: uh well i was looking down and i was saying reading a sexy novel and fantasizing about finding my prince charming now
1: well, I would say that if, if they're talking about that um, from a woman's point of view, mm-hmm. reading a sexy novel is sweet and, and sexy in itself. But then to fantasize about your Prince Charming, that's a little bit out there. I mean, <laughs> you know, keeping it clean, that's a little bit on the other side. But then again, you know, a lot of women do that, and i don't knock it. I don't have anything, you know, bad to say about it. But, you know, if that's what makes you tick, hey, read your novels.
2: No question. And about then them.
1: we'll jump right into three, which is reaching a long sought goal. to be unattainable. Now, that one I definitely can identify with. I'm a person that writes a lot of lists, and being a woman myself, I definitely love to reach my goals. And one thing that ticks me off, and it does make me tick in some sort, but ticks me off is to not reach a goal or to have someone hamper that or bring negativity into my circle. I can't deal with that, and I really react wrong. So I'm trying to learn and um, reach the goal of being peaceful, and relaxed and positive in everything that I do and think and say. And I try to do that. I work on that every single day. But I understand this one, and I can definitely identify with this one in reaching a goal that you thought to be unattainable. And I have one right now I'll share with you guys. And this is for the women out there. You you may think this is crazy, but I'm getting ready to join or getting ready to start a lifelong goal and that was to get in shape and get healthy and be fit but also a a female bodybuilder but not the kind where you're bulky the fitness model and that's what I want to do and you live once so I encourage ladies out there that might have dreams or aspirations like that start out small I'm starting off small And I'll see what happens. I have my husband training me. I'm very excited about it. Um, I have to get my diet um, to make sure that it's going along with the training and stuff. And as I get more and more experience and get better and stronger, then positive in mind and soul, not only is it going to prolong my life, god willing it's also going to help me mentally to have a stronger mindset it's going to let me reach this goal that i once thought was unattainable and now i see that it's in my grasp because i can see little changes with my body and i'm very happy with it and you know so i can i can definitely identify with number three
2: no question baby now this one i i know that you're going to like and i was i was like this is nice educating yourself regularly mm-hmm. w- what do you think about that I, I i would say that that would be at the top of the list also and it, it is right in there though
1: i would say you know all of these to me honey really is is fantastic but you're right educating is it should be that should be number one because you can never learn enough you can never know enough you're always learning you're always evolving so yep I identify with that one one thousand percent i love to read my husband loves to read our whole family do and you know education is very important to us so that I could see making a woman tick most definitely and we're going to get into some of the controversial things and stigmas that's out there and so on and so forth we're just going to let the floodgates open today this show is about women and what makes us tick and we've got a whole big segment planned for y'all we're going to bring on Omarosa as soon as she joins us and if by chance she can't join us today because you know things come up she will definitely catch us next weekend and we'll, we'll bring her to you guys then the next one we have on here is having uninterrupted me time to exercise and pamper myself now that one i know honey and you're not a woman but i know you can identify with that one
2: No question, and this is what we say is, and if you're not doing this one,
1: please do
2: this one because it will help you out. And that goes for men and women to give yourself that me time so that you can do all the different things that you want to do in life. It also makes you feel better. You're going to gain uh, hours in your day because you're going to be more relaxed able to deal with the stresses that come with work and all the different things that you deal with on a day-to-day
1: uninterrupted me time definitely and i'm gonna have to stop the music on this you guys because this one everybody i need your undivided attention somebody out there done lost their mind and i gotta share it with you she said now let me repeat this person and this is a female anonymous we're not going to say who she is Having a man already in a relationship lust after me mm. makes me feel empowered, Uh-oh. even if I don't like him back. So in other words, she's breeding that derogatory, evil, nonproductive, positive just cutthroat behavior that so many women out there seem to find themselves intermixed with. It's not cute. It's not sexy, it's not real, it's not going to take you to another level, it's not going to help your program in any way, shape, or form. I am very opinionated in that way, and I cannot stand. I love women, I love men, I love children, I love old people, I love humans, meaning we're all humans and I want to see everybody do well, and be happy, and it bothers me when someone intentionally puts themselves in a situation where they're going to bring strife to their life, and that's definitely bringing strife. Not only is it going to bring strife to your life, it's going to bring strife to his life and her life and their kids' life, if they have them, and everyone else's life. It's not funny. We are adults, so if this person happens to be an adult, and if you are listening, stop. Stop today. Pray about it. Sit down and assess your life. Write down on a piece of paper exactly what you want in life and make sure that you put at the top of the list to leave other people's property alone. And when I say it like that, it's not to put the man down or the woman down. It's to say they are in a relationship. Allow that relationship to run its full course. If that man is somebody you got your eye on, regardless if you like him now or don't like him, he is a person deserving of respect. So I just wanted to share that with y'all, and I just get heated when it comes to that kind of stuff because it doesn't make any sense, but we had to share it with you guys because there's women out there that say, you know, to themselves quietly, they may not even tell their best girlfriends, you know, this makes me tick. Well, we want to let you know that you should make yourself tick because you're a beautiful human being that God made, and you're able to realize goals, you know, chase dreams, Accomplish things, raise children, all the different things you know, God willing, all the different things that life has to offer. It would really behoove you to look for the positive, good things and not those kind of things.
2: No question about it, baby. You know, when you look at that quote, it's not so much the part of that she doesn't like him because that's probably pretty much what goes on a lot of the time. The part is that. It makes her feel empowered. And that's a false sense of power. That's not really power. That's something Mm -hmm. else. And you have to find a name for that one, but it's not power for sure. So uh, you hit it on the head, baby.
1: Well, we're going to, ooh, I don't even know what to say. And the list, it goes on and on. But you know what, you guys? We're not going to spend a lot of time on that. Now, though, we are going to talk about some sticks. We're going to talk about some, some good things that should make women tick. And I hope they, you know, all you guys out there, you take a couple of, you know, minutes to just really let this resonate with you. Take a pen and paper. Take some notes, whatever. It's all out here for you to, your enjoyment and your entertainment and vice versa. If I come on your show or come and, and you're able to educate me in some way, I'm going to take it and I'm going to try to make the best of it that I can make. But I would say definitely um, some things that make Jackie, and that's me. I'm the co-host. My husband is Doug. That makes Jackie tick is my children, the fact that I love them dearly and that I see them growing and learning and experiencing every single day. I live and breathe them. And if they're not okay, I'm not okay. So that's what makes me tick. And the fact that my husband, when he homeschools them, the knowledge that they're getting them, they're not just getting it from a teacher. They're getting it from their father, which is very, very beautiful. And some the people out there that are not um, blessed in that way to have their child's father, it's okay. You give it to them. They'll be getting it from their mommy and that, their mother. That's the most important thing is a parent is here taking a time out to teach me, to educate me, to share what they've learned with me. So that's one thing It's my children and the fact that, you know, they're able to experience and learn and we're, you know, we're living it. We're being great role models for them and trying every day to educate ourselves as well. Number two, I would say my marriage and my husband, but that's none of them comes in this order. They're all number one to me. So I want everybody to be clear on that. But I'm saying definitely my marriage to my husband and how important that is to me and how I respect it and I am committed to it and I don't I don't play around with it and it's very important to me. And I want the women out there and that's what this show is about is women and what makes us take and sharing. You know, and I wrote a book and it's called Woman. Definitely pick it up. Go to Amazon and you'll find a lot of a lot of things in there that will help you. Uh, there's a lot of places to go. There's a lot of information in there. It's it's everything from recipes to um, inner peace and self-empowerment. So definitely pick the book up. But what I want you guys to understand out there is put your marriage or your relationship first and foremost. I won't say any names, but I've talked to a couple girlfriends recently, a couple weeks ago, and they share with me the misery that they have in their own relationships. And – To be honest with you, no one makes you miserable like you make yourself. So if they really wanted to change, and this is the advice I gave them, then they got to start with self. they got to change some things that they're doing. And first and foremost would be their mindset. So that's something that makes me tick is my marriage and how beautiful it is and how I strive every day to make sure it stays pure and that we don't allow anything in. And then I'll give you one more, and then I would like my husband to do something a little different here, and he's going to share what... Is attractive to him as a male about women okay and we do that in the book too but um, number three would definitely have to be reaching goals making lists and crossing off the things somebody once said you can never ever forget about your to-do list because it's always going to be something else added every day brings more things to do and I'm trying to see if that's really true. I make these lists, sometimes I make a list of 80 items, sometimes I make a list of 10, and I say, "Okay, I'm going to just do it in little groups, 10, 10, 15, whatever." Every single day, at least five or six more new things come up. So, if anybody is out there and you have been able to make a running list and mark it all off and you absolutely have nothing to do but wake up, brush your teeth, wash your face and sit there, please let us know because you're somebody we need to talk to. So, Making lists and reaching goals is definitely important, and that's what else makes me tick. And, honey, why don't you share some things that you think women, you know, about women, that is attractive to a man.
2: You, you know, I think that when I when I think about it, two really set off in my mind right off the bat. And I think number one is family. When you are down about your family and you mm-hmm. are, are right there with your family and you willing to do whatever you need to do to make sure that you keep it together, that is that is so solid, but that goes along with that would be commitment. Commitment to your family, commitment to your mate, your relationship. Those are things that uh, I find ultimate sexy, but at the same time, just solid in the standpoint, from the standpoint that both of you can builds on that, and that is, uh, to me, I mean, truly what it's all about. But I I wanted to ask you a question, baby, because, Mm -hmm. you know, communication and television has taken on such a a, a big, uh, you know, big thing in our environment, and our community, Mm -hmm. and the stigma of women and money and women and I'm trying to get your man, do you think that that is, is that a real stigma, being a woman, or is that a stigma that has really been uh, over-amplified by movies and all of those things that, you know, women are money-driven and, and women are, are they going to get your man if you're not looking.
1: I think that is definitely a true fact. I think that women in general are, are competitive, spirited, and deep down inside they are bred that way. Um, the images that shown on television – um, they start secretly comparing themselves to it at a very early age, and if you're not strong, and I'm not saying I'm stronger than other people, but if, you, if you're if you not a person that's solid in yourself, you can find yourself doing some of those derogatory things, like the lady that mentioned she likes to be, or she's empowered when she has someone else's man paying her attention, or guy paying her attention. So I definitely think that is true out there. It's not the imagination of a woman. So ladies, if you're out there and you're feeling like there's females trying to do certain things, it's probably true. Now, how how true it is, it just depends on whatever the situation is. And it could be a misunderstanding at the same time, but I highly doubt it. People know, you know, and human beings can be flirtatious. And the best thing to do is if you're in a relationship and you're about it, be about it. Be who you say you are at every Even when you're angry with your spouse or they're angry with you or you guys getting on each other's nerves, be respectful of yourself and be respectful of that person because you never know. In that same instance, five seconds later, you could lose that person and never ever get an opportunity to say, I was acting immature, I was childish, yes, this was bothering me, I love you with all my heart and you know, I'm sorry. So you gotta remember and you gotta snap back. So I definitely would agree that it does happen. I don't know if it's a stereotype um, that's going to go away anytime soon. If women continue to put themselves in that position, meaning doing the things that they're doing. Um, there's a lot of celebrities that's females and they're out there, um, you know, being photographed, you know, nude on boats with other people's husbands and things like that. Well, I mean, what it what is society to think? But then there's stigmas about other people and other things and other you know, about men and all of that, too. So that's something that's really hard to pinpoint, but I pray and I hope that it stops because we shouldn't be that way as a, as a you know, a race or as a um, population or a people or a country or anything. Everybody should respect other people. And, you know, it's funny because in some countries you can actually be murdered for doing disrespectful things and coming off that way and acting that way and not, you know, appreciating what it's all about. So I definitely feel like um, that's something that, that, you know, if you're out there doing that, ladies, don't don't do it. It's it's really not important. Um, another thing that's really good is in my book that um, I wrote. It, you can go to Amazon.com and get it, or you can go to JackieChristy.com, or you can go to Infinite Love Publishing, or Barnes and Noble. Pick it up because it has a lot of different websites that have these kind of um, this kind of information that we're sharing with you. It would take a whole show to talk about all the things, the issues, the good things, the bad things, the Um, trivial things the stigmas the statistics about women but it was a show that we wanted to definitely dedicate to us as a as a people and how important we are we're beautiful we're we're empowered just because we're women so i really want you all to to feel that and know that and understand that you can you can be and do whatever it is in this world that you want I know back in the day it was, you know, it was rules that we were treated unequally, so on and so forth. That's all changed now. You can get those jobs that, you you know, we all fought for for so long. You can, you know, be promoted. You have to educate yourself, though, because, you know, the, these CEOs and these owners of these big corporations and companies aren't going to just hire you, cause you're a woman. Gonna hire you because you're a woman. They're going to hire you because, you know, you have the capabilities and you're qualified, So get qualified and, you know, go out and live a little, have some fun, respect yourself, find your own Prince Charming and cherish that and, you know, nurture that because that's the greatest gift. You know, anybody could go out and fool around and have a bunch of different people, you know, praising them and feeling good. I've never been that type of person. I've always been a woman that made myself feel like, wow, I'm worthy. And when I found my Prince Charming, which is my husband, Doug, and I can let everybody know that, it just just completed me as far as, you know this is the person that's my best friend and my soul mate who i want to spend my life with and i don't have expectations of it being any other way other than the fact that it's infinite love that means i love him infinitely no matter what at all times every day every second and we grow together and we learn together and it's the best thing in the world and i encourage you guys to find that if you can and um another thing about ladies is I know we're seeing a lot of images on TV. That's another reason I wanted to write that book, talking about and and explaining how it's not important to even put yourself in that mindset. When you see it, smile about it, appreciate it. I used to be one that I wouldn't get necessarily mad, but I would think to myself, good night, is there anything else on TV other than these, you know, images of these women that they've spent, you know, seven hours making up and propping up and, you know, lifting up and all the things that they do, it just, it it can get annoying, but now I actually, to myself, I actually can appreciate the fact that, you know, these are the images that they're showing, and, you know, I look for the positive in it, and the positive in it is that, yeah, they are a woman. There's a product. There's something that someone is advertising. I look at it as a form of art, and I try not to. I don't, you know, certain things that I feel is adult, I don't want my kids necessarily watching because I think there will be a time for that when they're grown, but, you know, for the most part, it doesn't bother me as much as it used to. So definitely look for the good in it, women, ladies, everybody out there, females. And, you know, let's, let's um, you know, be the empowered people that we are.
2: No question about it. Everybody out there, you hear that family and commitment. She's hitting it on the head, and that's why she is my wife and so very, very sexy. So uh, to everybody out there, listen up. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. And do not forget, pick up the book Woman by Jackie Christie. It's fantastic. I I told you I read it twice, and for the men out there, there's something in there for you. You can learn something. I'm telling you, check it out.
1: (laughs) And you guys can join us live by calling three four seven two one five eighty three zero five throughout the entire show or by going into our chat room and we 're going to go right into something that 's very important to us it 's very close to our heart and as a tribute to Black History Month, we want to definitely um, talk about somebody
2: no question about it today in our tribute to Black History Month, we will be bringing you one very special person mm-hmm. that has not only made a difference in This country, for African-American people, but for all people, and has changed the system and people's lives for the better. And our first beautiful, and I say that with the the most sincere heart, the beautiful person is Dr. Martin Luther King.
1: That's right, Dr. Martin Luther King. i got to repeat that. Let me say it one more time because I want you all to feel this. Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., January 15, 1929, April 4, 1968, was born Michael Luther King Jr., but later had his name changed to Martin. His grandfather began the family's long tenure as pastors of the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, serving from 1914 to 1931. His father has served from then until 20th present, and I'm sorry, until 20th president. And from 1960 until his death, Martin Luther King acted as co-pastor. Martin Luther attended segregated public schools in Georgia, graduating from high school at the age of 15. He received a BA degree in 1948 from Morehouse College, a distinguished African American institution of Atlanta, from which both his father and grandfather, and somebody has terrible timing. Hold on one second.
2: No question from
1: about his it, father. Baby. And um, I got I to find my place because I, I had to turn that off. We're, we're reading something very important here. Um, Where was I? I His father and his grandfather had graduated after three years of theological study at Crozier Theological Seminary in Pennsylvania, where he was elected president of a predominantly white senior class. He was awarded the B.D. in 1951 with a fellowship won at Crozier. He enrolled in graduate studies at Boston University, completing his residency for a doctorate in 1953 and receiving a degree in 1955. In Boston, he met and married Coretta Scott King, a young woman of uncommon intellectual and artistic attainments. Two sons and two daughters were born into the family. And I want to read you guys a little bit more. Um, our tribute is to Mr. Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. And honey, I'll let you say something before I go into the next. No question.
2: I mean, from the Nobel Peace Prize to obviously everybody knows the I Have a Dream speech and all of the other uh, speeches that he made that touched and words that brought to life, if you closed your eyes, you could paint such a beautiful picture that it could touch people in ways that I I think that we haven't seen since then. The words were so vibrant, so real, so touching that he not only touched our community, but he touched the entire world and really set it ablaze and, and set it on fire. And I have a quote that I wanted to read from Dr. Martin Luther King, and it reads, I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. And is, is that crazy? I mean, those type of words, they just grab you when you say starless Midnight of racism. When you think about it, starless and midnight, it is so black you cannot see anything, and that is what racism is—something that is there's nothing there. And uh, the the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood. Those are words that, uh, I mean, if you close your eyes, it just the, the picture becomes so vibrant and beautiful that what can you say but give the man all of the credit due him, no question.
0: That's
1: right. And in 1954, Martin Luther King, Jr. became pastor of the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama. In 1957, he was elected president of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and organization formed to provide new leadership for now burgeoning civil rights movements. At the age of 35, Martin Luther King, Jr. was the youngest man to have received the Nobel Peace Prize. When notified of this selection, his selection, he announced that he would turn over the prize money of $54,123 to the furtherance of the Civil Rights Movement. On the evening of April 4, 1968, while standing on the balcony of his hotel room in Memphis, Tennessee, where he was to be led to, protest march, up to a protest march in symphony, With striking garbage workers of that city, he was assassinated. And I hate to read those words, but at the same time, it warms my soul to know that our kids will learn about this man and know this man as we did when we were young, honey.
2: No no question. I mean, when you think about that, and we're talking like 1963 Uh to be an African-American, then to be the youngest man to ever receive the Nobel Peace Prize says so much. And then to i mean $54,000 was a lot of money now and back then it was a tremendous amount of money but to show that it, this is all bigger than money and a monetary gain to donate that to the civil rights movement to to further what he stood for and what he was trying to do i i think baby you i mean we were talking earlier about um Barack Obama and yes. I, I mean what do you say the all these things you, you have to attribute not only to dr king because there was many and we're going to be covering many of them in our next shows this month but uh... first and foremost you have to start out from a Mahatma gandhi type of nonviolence movement to the things that he said, rhetoric of uh, comparable to a Malcolm X because it had so much fire in it that it, it just brought out emotions and led people to do so much and fired the people up to stand up for for our rights and try to make a life better for not only that generation then but the generations to come. And that is why we are where we are today
1: and I agree with you 100% honey and I want everybody out there to understand we know that rhetoric has been looked at in a negative way in the past my husband by no means meant that in a negative way it's okay. just rhetoric meaning his words his speeches what he meant what it, what it stood for and so and so it's it's you know it, it's just like he said you know my husband he gets emotional about it as I do Martin Luther King is a special person he always will and he'll live on in our hearts and um I have a question for you, honey. The speech, um, I Have a Dream, what does that mean to you?
2: I, I really, I, I think he was, he was speaking from his heart personally, but That's I think right. he was speaking from the whole of black people in America, but at the same time, America as a whole, That's because right. I, I have a dream that little white kids and little black kids can hold hands. And sing the old Negro spiritual free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last, free at last from racism, free from all the different hatreds that go on in America mm-hmm. from uh, not being able to use uh, a toilet or a water fountain or eat at some place just because the color of your skin that 's like saying that you got the wrong color of shoes on that doesn 't mean anything because the color of your heart, the color of your blood is all the same and it, it was so powerful that those words still today ring so truthfully that you can hear that speech today if you've never heard it, and it it, it will blow anybody's mind because it's just so so powerful. And that wasn't only in, in America because there was you know slavery in Turkey and Serbia and different places. So people have been oppressed all over the world. Well,
1: most definitely. We're gonna take a break, you guys, and share a little something with you. Just give me one minute.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yo, know, they
3: said They said They said this day would never come. <laughs> back with time and say that this was the moment when it
1: all began. And we just wanted to share that with you guys. It goes on. If you um, go to our website, you can get that song and listen to the whole thing. We can't stream the whole thing because it'll take up too much of the show. But we was really, really loving um, letting you guys hear that. And we're going to jump right on down. Um, again, we attributed um, this show for Black History Month to Dr. Martin Luther King. He lives on in our hearts.
2: And, baby, let's jump into a love and romance segment, as we always do. I uh, I think I will do the <laughs> honors today. How about okay. that? Yeah. that? That'll work for you. Uh, you know, at the beginning of Love and Romance, we like to go in with a poem, but we got a little spoken word today. And this is a, a tribute to not only all black women, but definitely to my wife, and it is called Where Would We Be? As your man, I need your love and touch and caress. Looking back, when my understanding was much less, aggravation in my life was much more. A moment of clarity turned into a moment of sincerity. Oh, so scary. Without you, queen, where would we be? The answer lies in, well, the strength of our blood strains that flow through our veins, the brainwashing sometimes brings me pain. But your strength enables me to love passionately and blow off those that try and castrate me. My black woman is where I find my strength and will continue to give thanks. As we go through our first unrehearsed clinging to our love, I'm in awe of your motherhood. The youth, they need our guide, misled and confused inside. The waters are muddy, footprints of our ancients no longer visible. I give thanks to those on the passage. Give thanks to the message, not lost. It took some time to find, you know what they say, you put it in a book and a black man won't won't look, but this one did. And now I'm compelled to tell, hell, scream and dream of something bigger than I see on the tell, live vision. A family true, with love, black love. So, your comprehension is nil and understanding zero. You ain't a big enough man to have a woman stand by you fall for you, and ultimately love, live, and die for you. Now, to reciprocate that is to drop the ego and try to go where she go. Thank you, my black woman, for without you, where would we be? You've survived through degradation, confusion, segregation. We've watched through your beautiful eyes as we built this nation. You inquire, how can a continent so great be raped and left in starvation? You already know the answer. 360 degrees of karma will see us through this drama. Please don't give up on our misguided actions. We need your love like never before. So I extend my heart, soul, and hand. This warrior needs your love. Its nutrients give me strength to stand for you. Truly, without you, where will we be?
1: Oh, honey, that was beautiful. (laughs) And I see you guys. I see the call lines. Lighten up. You can jump in if you want to. That was a poem my husband wrote quite a while ago, and he saved it on his computer, and he wanted to share that with you guys, and I love it. I think it's fabulous. And now, here is a few questions before we jump into our most other favorite part is sports. Here's a few questions and comments from our listeners that we want to share with you guys this week.
2: I got number one, and it says Doug and Jackie, and this comes from Claudia in Los Angeles, California. What do you guys have planned for Valentine's Day?
1: Thank you, Claudia. Yeah. You're gonna get me to know you're gonna get me to know the secret yeah, what like- you got
2: planned. Uh Valentine when's Valentine's Day? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I can't tell what you got planned no. for Valentine's Day. You know what though? It Valentine's Day has to be impromptu. I think that is what is romantic, that is what's sexy, and that is what I'm going to do. I'm do we always got to
1: be talking about sexy, sexy? Sex, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. No, you guys, um, actually, um, Claudia, we're going to do something special. We're definitely going to give glory to God, and we're going to have some fun with our kids, because, you know, we're all about family over here. And then, who knows, maybe check out a good movie. We love movies. <laughs> I, could, I could keep it clean like that, Okay. And then number two, we got, Doug and Jackie, do you ever do speaking engagements as our organization would love to have you two come out and speak? And this is from Kim in New Jersey, and yes, we do, and we would love to come out and speak. We actually are in the process of getting an agent right now that can set it up professionally, because we can't do that other thing, you know, where (laughs) somebody calls us up, will you come talk to us? And we like, yeah, we go, and then we like, oh, this is bonk. You know, I'm just kidding. But um, we're going to get an agent, so it's professionally managed and done, and now we have a little bit more free time until my husband returns to the game in whatever capacity he's going to return in, then we can go and do that. And if it's inspirational and one person listens and we're making a difference, that's that's all that matters to us. So we would love to. Um, email us at Jackie Christy sales at jackiechristy.com, or you can email us at our myspace or right here and um write us a message but you know if you write us here everybody's going to see it because there's no private email here so um if you want to say something private or you don't want your information out you definitely got to go to our myspace if it's okay do it right here
2: no question. Now, baby, this one, uh, I'm reading but this is a question for me. Doug, have you ever serenaded Jackie? And I would say uh, it depends on what you mean by serenade. I gave myself a little bit of a window here to to figure out how to move my fingers around a guitar. So I'm going to keep everybody in blog gland abreast that when I do get that song together in the serenade, we will do that right here on Blog Talk Radio for you so you will hear me sing my first song, and I do not know what it will be.
1: You, okay, now see, you guys, you guys started something now. I'm going to hold him to it. There it is. Okay. I, I, I... Yo, yo, this right here, this right is, here. It is, it died, Once again, whenever you hear that hype music,
2: something that's going to make you move your feet. You know we got to move. bring the Whistle in because he not only moves your feet, but he makes you move in your seat. Whistle, are you there with us today?
3: I'd like to think so.
2: No righty, then. What's happening with you, man? I know that you watched the Super Bowl. The whistle ended the year off on a little bit of a blooper. But, hey, what do you got? You come down to two teams. Give credit to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are the world champions in the National Football League. What do you have to say about that whistle? It was two great games two years in a row. And I know you're an avid football fan. So what did you feel about the game?
3: Well, obviously the game uh, lived up to expectations, and had obviously, uh, based upon the ratings, it lived up to everyone's expectations. Um, right. Obviously, I, I, I understand that was the most viewed uh, television syndication of all time, or television show of all time. Wow. So That's a uh, really a big deal. Uh, also, uh, the game, as it went as expected, I expected a, a close game, uh, some good defense, some some exciting plays, and and ultimately some mistakes, and it came down to some mistakes, and you can't have mistakes in the final game. So uh, everything went as planned. They've got to give a lot of credit to Pittsburgh. They went out there and won, and they take, took advantage of the times that they had. So, hey, i got to give them a lot of credit.
2: Noah, tell me about the winning catch. I I know that's bothering you a little bit. I, I mean, personally, I'm not sure if this toe was in. It, it looked in, and at a different angle it didn't look in, but they called it in, and it it's in, and they are the champions. Well, what would you think about that one?
3: Well, you know, obviously that play, uh, you know, it could go either direction. Uh, if you're obviously a, a Phoenix fan, you're like, hey, man, that, that wasn't in, but, you know, you could look at those calls. And, and I'm the kind of guy, I always look at a game, and for what it's worth, and that really didn't do it for me. What did it for me was the goal line play, where uh, I got to give a lot of credit to the, the, the defensive player. He ran it back, and it was a, probably one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history, mm-hmm. but you got friend James uh, sitting behind you who's never got the score in a Super Bowl, and you didn't even give him the ball, and I don't know, it seems like, you know, like you know, like there's a little saying when you're playing basketball. Somebody, the ref, if you call a, a foul on me, and the, the, and you, the guy goes to the line, he misses his first one. We tell you that the ball don't lie. You know what I mean? So it seems like it was a little bit of this type of thing. You called such a bad play that it turned into a catastrophe. That was, <laughs> was, I mean, really, that was the only thing I could take from it. And and that was pretty much that was the game for the Cardinals in a nutshell. He had the. Advantage of uh, going up to uh, scoring and and coming back uh, after halftime and getting the ball, so that was obviously a huge possession and a huge turn in the game. But I did enjoy watching it. Uh, I was on the other side of what happened in terms of what I wanted, but I couldn't be disappointed because both teams played extremely well. Uh, MVPs, you could have picked them from both sides. So hey, again, great game, great effort, and I was really, really pleased.
2: Well, when you look at the Steelers, we know that we, we talked about this last week. I, I think there's fourteen coaches in Arizona uh since nineteen sixty nine and the Steelers have only had three coaches. Uh, uh Noel and now Tomlin and uh they are a stable type of a franchise. So I would say that they're probably going to stay in that realm where they're at, whether they make it back to the Super Bowl or not. You would think that they're probably going to be a playoff team, make some damage. Now, when you look at the Cardinals' whistle, you got Warner who may be coming back, maybe not, want to get your input on that. But also, Anquan Bolton looks a little bit unhappy with some of the comments that he made. Uh, is this the type of thing where, hey, they made it to the Super Bowl and they're going to go right back to the old Arizona Cardinals?
3: Well, you know, uh, obviously this is an Achilles heel for a lot of teams that have that got to the Super Bowl, and, and it seems like they've kind of fallen off into uh, a desolate area after that. You take the Seahawks from a few years back. Uh, they're kind of their whereabouts just kind of fall off. I don't know. It seems like a team gets hot, and then unless your management and, and everything uh, as far in, front, in terms of your front office is going to keep all your key components in place and, and kind of generate – uh, 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 a form or, or or a way that we're going to live, of rules that we're going to go by, the type of uh, an employee handbook that we're going to stick to. Then I mean, you're going to have a lot of changes, and you got to have everybody communicating. So obviously, that's something that Pittsburgh does well. Um, that is the way a franchise should be ran. Uh, you make uh, tough decisions in terms of personnel and all that stuff, but everybody understands everything. You don't get players, that nobody wants and, and and try to get a coach to uh, to, to coach a player that. He doesn't want on his team or he doesn't think will fit. So, you know, all those things work in when everybody talks. And, and you get a good franchise. So, they, hey, you got to give them a lot of credit. Uh, they've pretty much shown what it's all about. And uh, with, with six winners, I don't know how you can say the Cowboys is America's American team. So, uh, we got to give them their credit.
2: No question. Do you see Anquan coming back or or, or do you think that uh, he might move on?
3: You know what, I, I really – I really think he's in a tough spot. I don't think he's the type of person who would sit out and and you know jeopardize not playing, but I do think that their relationship has become such a problem uh, because he was promised things that never occurred and and aside from that, the big deal that went on with Fitzgerald. And it's not really Fitzgerald's fault because he was like, hey, I'll do whatever it takes to, you know, to bring these guys back in terms of, you know, deferring some of my money or for Kurt or Anquan or whatever, because he realizes what got him there. But uh, I just think that there's a lot of damage in their relationship. Uh, usually when if a guy's pride and he's lied to, there's pretty much a lot, you, there's not too much you can do. And I think he's pretty much fed up with the organization. So uh, that's my take from Anquan's side. Now, From the organizational side, you're like, man, I'm not letting this guy go. He's like 24, 25 years old. He's an absolute stud, and we're not going to let him walk for nothing. So we're just going to keep him. So maybe it might be a situation like uh, Chad Johnson uh, this past season where he was talking about I will not play, and you'll see him in training camp. So, uh, hey, we just got to wait to see what happens. Well, we will stay
2: tuned until next year in the NFL and check it out. In the world of the National Basketball Association, there has been a trade. The Bobcats trade Adam Morrison and Shannon Brown to the Los Angeles Lakers for Vladimir Radmanovich. Uh, L.A. gets Adam Morrison. Bobcats get Radman. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how much that does for the Bobcats. I, I think maybe he's more the type of player that uh, that they're looking for in um, in North Carolina. But uh, Adam Morrison, uh, that's interesting in LA. What do you think about that?
3: Well, uh, obviously, there's. Uh, I, I'm, I'm biased. He's a Washington player. I've watched him. Uh, watched him play all through high school, and he actually was playing against Nate Robinson, Jamal Crawford, those guys in high school. And let me tell you, when he was in state, he put up about 36 a game for state, and uh, the guy is real business. He can really play. He can really shoot. And the big thing is he doesn't shy away. I mean, he's really, really a basketball player, and if you really play basketball, it doesn't matter if you're playing against Bobo, Nuk and them, or anybody in the park. You're going to talk here. Talk, you know, it's a, it's a talking game. You, you have pride in your your abilities and your confidence, and, and and so he really really plays like that. I really think it's something that they can they can use. Uh, obviously, Radmanovic is a hit and miss, but I think they could really really turn the turn the guy around and uh and get him going. The only thing that I have negative is if he's so good, why they let him go?
0: Nah, so, hey, yeah, ahead. Is there
3: something else to look at? Maybe he's got a maybe he's been doing well or been hurt, and, and maybe they're just playing up a little money and trying to, you know, get ready for a little bronze uh, sweepstakes, but uh, I, I always wonder why a team releases somebody, so we'll see what happens with that, and also, uh, Shannon Brown is a another good athletic guy that they could use, a uh, range, six, uh, about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, somewhere in there, real athletic, uh, defensive, quick step, nice mm-hmm. jumper, so we get another guy to come off the bench, and that probably spells the end of Luke, as we uh, see it, so...
2: Yes, I think he'll step in there and play very well in that position. Now, a couple other guys that uh, names are floating around on the trading block. Uh, you got Nocioni in Chicago, Jermaine O'Neal in Toronto, big contract. Uh, Josh Howard in Dallas, and uh, the big prize that uh, I was really interested is in, Amari Stoudemire in Phoenix. Well, what do you think about those guys? Are there any possibilities that they move?
3: Well, uh, obviously, I heard about the the Amari Stedemar one, and that one's huge. Uh, I, you know, I could absolutely see him moving because they have created such a mess, pretty much down there. And I'm, you know, in terms of your players, you, first of all, your coach wants to leave because you start doing things that he doesn't understand, which slow down the team. And I'm not going to talk about the GM or nothing, but, hey, this is, again, what we were talking about with the Steelers. That everybody has to be on the same page. You can't give me players who I don't want. You can't give guys who won't fit into our system, our scheme, our locker room. So, uh, you know, I wonder, you know, what what's going on down there. You you, you get Shaq, you're getting, getting rid of a guy who's pretty much a, a, a 2020 guy, 2010 guy, and obviously one of the best players in the world when he's got his game going. So, uh I don't know if they're trying to free up something or what their plans are, but it doesn't look real well for Matt well,
2: I would have to say, Terry Porter, watch out. Uh, you could be on the hot seat and Steve Kerr. You could be on the hot seat, too, because uh, they're used to winning down there in the land of the sun. Tomorrow, ABC Spurs versus the Celtics and the Lakers versus the Cavs. Uh, who do you got in those two games, Wizzle? Uh,
3: Spurs. Lakers, is that what you Did you spread
2: first?
3: Celtics. Celtics. It's going be a good game. Uh, you know, I, I really think that Boston's going to come back and respond. They've been taking them on the chin a little bit. Uh, they've been questioned in terms of uh, their toughness. I think that Doc will have those guys ready to play tomorrow and play at a high level. And at the same time, and I expect uh, Manu Ginobili to have a big game because I really think he's uh, one of the league's special players and he doesn't get a lot of credit, but he's really, really a handful uh, on the defensive side if you're trying to stick him. So, uh, Hey, you got to go with what it is. And we're going to go with the Celtics.
2: There you go. Lakers
3: calves. It's going to be a big one, but, uh, Hey, I'm going with LeBron to have a big game tomorrow. And I realize that, you know, they're going to be at home I and mean, in LA, but LeBron just elevates his team and, it, and their game a different way. And, uh, Personal note, look out for Mo Williams. He's a little bit upset about the snub job, and he's going to come in and really look to have a big game tomorrow. So I look for Mo and LeBron to do the thing. You know what I'm talking about.
2: There it is. No question everybody. Tune in Sunday, ABC. It will be one heck of a basketball weekend. Whizzle, as always, we love your insight into the world of sports. Want to shout out to Pat Summit, 1000 Wins, Tennessee Women's Basketball. Whizzle, until next week, same time, same station.
3: Thank you. I'd like to shout out a happy belated to Bob Marley yesterday. Happy 64th. And I'm sure he would have been there at the inauguration to see uh, Mr. Obama take the thing. But until then, Bag of Scams, Root Beer, I am out.
1: Okay, everybody, enough of that. See? See what I'm talking about? We uh, want to thank you for joining us on our show today, talking about women and what makes us tick. Check us out next Saturday at 5 o'clock. We're going to welcome a special guest, and we might even get to have Alma Rosa next time. Okay? Talk to you guys later. Peace.
2: Respect. Respect.
0: Good